On this week's episode of Friend Code, we're answering your questions. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Bradley Ellis. Achievements! Brandon Jones. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Is that how that works? Achievements. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Jones, that, it might happen. blowing out birthday candles or like putting quarters down a well? Pretty much is every this, time. Is this where we do this? We send it out if, into the ether. Okay. If Animal Crossing for Switch debuts with new achievement with achievement system, be perfect. Dude, we're gonna do the ultimate. They can remove, that game is meant for They can games. remove achievements from Xbox and PlayStation as long as it means like an Animal Crossing. I will if I never get a trophy for the rest of my life. Hey. Uh, I just let's I'm not be so selfish. I'm desperate. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Woo Jones. We gotta get that Animal Crossing announcement very soon. But uh, before we begin with any of your uh, questions this week, uh, I have some corrections to do from last Ooh, episode. I think nice. the last episode got the most submissions. Is it uh, timeline questions? Oh, we got some Zelda yeah. stuff. There's some. Buckle up. Um, so uh, I do want to start with a message, though. This isn't necessarily a correction. Okay. But uh, there were some like uh, comments on social media after the last episode. Uh, just want to say it, it's not cool to make fun of Awada's pronunciations of stuff. We had some people trying to oh. use his accent. So, oh, if he just because he pronounces so he pronounces NES, and I'm not going to give the example. So we should pronounce so and so this way because you know how he enunciates because mm -hmm. English is not his first language. Right. So people are trying to like that's not cool. Please don't do that. Like ignored all those comments and uh, you know warning. Don't do that. That's not nice. Um, anyway, several po uh, actual corrections now. <laughs> several people point out Sakurai has stated. Uh, that he has played several Western indie titles uh, in recent years. Um, he's even visited Way Forward, which is actually Ooh, uh, very cool. You know, yeah. I'm not too far away from there. Um, uh, so he he has clearly seen and is aware of Shovel Knight. Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna say last uh, yeah, basically last episode. Uh, our guest uh, Matthew Simmons, Real Video Games, I think was under the impression that Sakurai the reason he wouldn't put Shovel Knight in there is because Shovel Knight's not that big in Japan uh -huh. and he might not be you might be like who, who Shovel Knight you know yeah. but a lot of people came to Sakurai's defense saying no he he, he knows who it is and so, he's in there it's yeah. not a character but uh, yeah like, I like guess a, in the past it was, yeah. I think the argument was like in the past like why yeah. it hasn't happened um, if I got any of like that and it wasn't Hollow Knight it was definitely it was definitely Shovel Knight mm -hmm. but anyway uh, Dark Samus uh, who's going to be an Echo Fighter in right. uh, Ultimate Actually, would also count as another American-created uh, fighter uh, because we were debating who okay. would be the first American-created fighter in Smash Brothers or more first American content. It's like King K. Rule is uh, not uh, because that's uh, that's uh, UK because yeah. it's uh, it's rare. Right. So Dark Samus is like oh Dark Samus, you know that that, that Texas because retro cr retro created Dark Samus for the Metroid Prime trilogy. Yeah. Uh, Dark Samus is the antagonist of that that's series. Cool. Um, Sorry, I didn't get this right the first time. Uh, Pura Vida, uh, it r guess it means pure life. Yeah, and it's common saying in Costa Rica. It's yeah, just like a oh, I could I could have helped you with yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I guess I was trying to like translate it on the fly, and I was like, I think it means this. Love it's like that. something life. And then <laughs> we got off tangent, and uh, we made a bigger deal of it. But yeah, uh, jolly you, stuff. Yeah, you you get you you get off the plane at the airport in Costa Rica and Pura Vida. <laughs> Someone will tell you that. Very At nice. some point That's in your vacation so cool. there. No question. Uh, 
But thank you for that. That was really it's nice. Good. It's a good uh, slogan. And definitely a vibe down there. Uh, again, with our guest, our, our guest last time claimed that their crew, Yo Video Games, had not unlocked a stage in Smash Brothers uh, during one of our discussions to, to make an argument. But several of their crew messaged us and said, like, actually, they have unlocked the Pac-Land <laughs> stage. Oh, okay. They're like, you even played it on one stream together and you wow. were yelling at them. And I was like, oh. Oh, got him. All right. Um, this one, here you go. This is the timeline. Let's stuff. go. Here we go. Give me it. So, uh, we were talking about some cool tidbits about the Zelda timeline and lore last time, and uh, our guest Matt Simmons uh, presented the Hero Shade from Twilight Princess, the skeleton that teaches Link all the new moves, mm-hmm. presented the character's backstory, uh, just he explained what it was, but he presented it as a theory, not that it was conclusive, right. um, but it, that theory has actually been confirmed in Hyrule Historia, and uh, basically it is the spirit of uh, the, the spirit form of the Hero of Time. Uh, it basically it is it's a spirit form of the hero time link from Ocarina of Time, uh, because uh, in the timeline that he's in uh, the t- timeline B the middle one or the uh, the adult link timeline mm-hmm. or basically it's the one after Link got sent back in time and they avert the crisis. Ganon never gets a chance to assault Hyrule, so Link does. Okay. So that Link has memories of doing Ocarina of Time and stopping Ganon and saving Hyrule, but he doesn't actually do it in the end of his timeline. Like they mm-hmm. stop it. And he doesn't really get credit for it. it. He doesn't have his adventure. So no one knows he's the hero of time. They just don't know it. Right. So he kind of laments that he's not like this revered hero. But also he didn't hand down his skills to anyone else. So hmm. this is him getting a chance now in like spirit form to pass on his knowledge and skills is, to a new hero. So is Twilight Princess right the next game after so, Ocarina? So it's Majora's Mask and then Twilight Princess. Okay. And then Four Swords Adventures. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Good stuff. Uh, I think this was either me or S- Simmons or I was the one who presented this. I forget. We probably both did. But uh, I know I've definitely said this before. Yoshiaki Koizumi, Koizumi uh, did not write the story of The Wind Waker, at least as far as I could research it. I've been under disbelief for a while, and I thought I read it somewhere. Otherwise, I want to just like toss it out. Um, maybe it was just like someone who stated it incorrectly that was on a reputable site and they just didn't have a source, and mm-hmm. I just took it as fact. You know, we were all, like, young ones and stuff like that, so didn't do my, like, due diligence. But I actually want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Mitsuhiro Takano, who I believe is no longer with Nintendo, their last game they worked on was actually Phantom Hourglass. Oh. Uh, and then they they departed the company. Um, I, I didn't look like well, the reasons why or anything like that. Uh, and then uh, Hajime Takahashi, uh, who's actually worked with... Uh, with uh, A.J. Onuma on several of his titles and stuff and has been working the series. Uh, but I just still want to point out, because I basically said, like, The Wind Waker is such a great story because Koizumi, who's one of the better writers in the series, like, had his hand in it. A lot of The Wind Waker's, like, root storyline is based in the mythos that Koizumi concocted. He started with, like, he was hired to write the story of the manual for A Link to the Past, created a lot of the backstory about the creation of Hyrule, the goddesses, how the Triforce came to be. And he worked as in a writing capacity all the way through Majora's Mask. Mm. And uh, so a lot of that Hyrule, Ganondorf, tr- Zelda, the Triforce, that, that's all from him. And the Wind Waker, while it's a nice, it has original parts, relies very heavily on yeah. the world of Ocarina of Time, essentially. So I want to give that. This one's a long one. This is a Resident Evil correction. Ooh. Because apparently... Uh, uh, there's a we stated a, a perspective uh, a, about the Resident Evil team, and we were said that perception, the perception you all had of the Resident Evil team being a skeleton crew of the past talent of Capcom is quite common, but not actually true. 
Most people get too attached to Shinji Mikami and Kamiya's roles inside the franchise. However, there are still plenty of employees that started with the first Resident Evil title uh, uh, that are still working on the series. As a matter of fact, they are now within high positions inside the Resident Evil team. So first off, uh, Masachika Kawada uh, was known for a long time as the franchise's producer, having his first experience as a stage CG lead designer in the original Resident Evil 1. Jun Takeuchi, who was recently the executive producer behind Seven, familiar. worked with character models and motion on Resident Evil 1 as well. Very cool. And Yasuhiro uh, Anpo, one of the two directors currently working on Remake 2, nice. was a software system engineer on Resident Evil 1. Awesome. And last but not least, uh, Kazunori uh, Kadoi, uh, the other director behind Resident Evil 2 Remake, uh, was assigned as both system planner and member of the camera team within the original Biohazard staff. He even worked as a designer on Mega Man Legends later. Oh. Woo! So that is true. Ooh. I think too many people do give too much credit to Kamiya and... Oh, sure. uh, I mean, yeah, that happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Games. I would say... Yeah, yeah, Kamiya and Kamiya get a lot of the credit. It has to... Yeah, I, I'd say that carries over to many other franchises mm-hmm. as well. Final Fantasy, I'm sure. It's like how many, oh, yeah. you know, thousands of people yeah. <laughs> have come and gone, worked on one game, then not the next one, but then maybe another random game down the road. Mm-hmm. That's why it was always fun, picking apart, like, what, what were the big names for each title. And a hard thing to research sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. from us being in, in America to Japan and understanding, like, who's at what company and how long and what their roles are specifically. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even when somebody has a name, it's like film. You see producer, it's like, well, they might not have done anything. <laughs> you know, like, very true. So you don't know, like especially executive producer. That could yeah. literally just be a, a con- like a you know a, a a contract given. It's just like, oh yeah, put me EP on that, and they're like, all, right. mm-hmm. all you did was just act. But like you're executive producer, I guess. There's a lot of fascinating stuff behind who like worked on what and stuff as well. Like to this day, we still don't know who worked on Castlevania Jones. I know that no, that kills me, man. Yeah, like that, that is me. that. Like just imagine that that. that such a, a monumental game, and we don't know the real people. And people have tried. It. I've, I've yeah. read big oh. campaigns. Yes. people like there's like a documentary. There's someone that just goes to Japan only to find yep. out that information. Yep. It comes up completely empty. People, because <laughs> yeah. so many people just don't care. You know, a lot of people that were on that team are like, oh man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so different. <laughs> and like, and I couldn't tell you. You know, I don't know if it's a respect thing or if it's just like part of the culture where there's like, I, it's not my place to tell you where that person is working now. Exactly. Like, you want that dirt? It's difficult. You know, maybe maybe one day, maybe one day. but uh, that will end it for our uh, for our corrections. And uh, moving on, we're gonna move into our uh, Q and A segment. So basically, I just want to start off by saying there hasn't been a lot of big news in the wake of the Super Smash Brothers Direct that happened uh, just about two weeks ago. Um, we haven't had really anything major Nintendo news wise come out of Gamescom. Um, but I do want to give real quick shout outs. I don't want to talk about NPD numbers again. This happens on too many episodes, and uh, I didn't want it to dominate this episode. But I want to give special shout outs Octopath Traveler, which charted number one yep. on the NPD. Whoa, number really? one. Number, number one, one wow. spot on the NPD. So, uh,. Success earned there. It Great seems. time for that game to come out. Oh yeah, it came out the perfect time. Perfect time, and uh, I think people seeing it chart now. I think it'll have a. I think it'll have an impact on some people who either were in the air about like their minds weren't like made up about it. Seeing the reviews and seeing the that it's selling so well, they might be like, oh wow, this is a big game. You know, maybe we should try it out. So we'll see if that can you know translates to continued sales down the road. Um, and uh, I'm sure this is going to obviously lead to probably an Octopath Traveler 2, or that team is mm-hmm. definitely probably going to get 
another crack and another title they're choosing. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And uh, yeah, because John, do you played the most of it? Because you did the yeah. spoiler mode. And I stuff. think yeah. I think what wh- what when I first started to think of like the market for Octopath Traveler and you know the audience and and the all these consumers that you know showed up and and massed you know to make sure this game had a big launch. Just past the RPG genre to have any kind of retro leaning game. Mm-hmm. Number one, <laughs> it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, like we get a lot of really fun games. Um, Dead Cells, I think. You know, like like Hollow Knight is great. Guacamelee is great. But like these games couldn't run on NES. But like you still see right. something like a Dead Cells, where it's like obviously it animates a lot better than something would on like a Super Nintendo. But it still has that kind of pixel aesthetic. And to see something that w- is such a loving tribute to that genre, to that time period, do so well, better than anything. Is yeah. uh, is really great, and uh, it it I, I, it's that's a fascinating thing. I think there's so many ways you can um, dissect Octopath and and its marketing and who it was intended for and who showed up to get it as far as like reasons for its success. I think mean, there's lots of different factors there. It's a it's an interesting case study. I wonder if this will open the door to that long awaited dream uh, remake treatment, like not HD treatment of Father to Six, the one game that never got the a remake of any kind, just got like re released and ports. Stuff. Whereas you know three and four got the DS, mm-hmm. uh, the yeah they got that treatment, but uh, six I think you know everyone I keep hearing a lot of arguments about four. Getting the Octopath Traveler visual treatment mm. that Six remade mm-hmm. in the vein of how Octopath Traveler's visuals look. Yeah, and uh, it sounds like people are on board for I that. I want to say yes to every project. I'm, <laughs> you know, there's some meeting. It probably already happened, but there's some meeting where they're like, "Okay, this sold really well. Let's not go crazy, yeah. but beyond Octopath Two, what? Let's remake every Final Fantasy. What can we do through Six? You know." I mean, or even like a sequel would be super. Well, I, I'd almost actually yeah. be weighted down for that. I'm kind of worried they Wait, might be a, a six little... sequel. You mean? Yeah. Uh, Jones. Oh, oh, Jones. no, 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 Jones. <laughs> Let's not. Don't let. Don't tell them to make sequels. Any? No, they've all not gone very <laughs> no well. Trust, no Let's trust. Let's not do that. Yeah, the the story not was not that. one of the best things about Octopath at the end of the day. So maybe I'm sorry. But I'll, no. wait, I put it out in the world. Maybe, let me get it back. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that strikes spear into my heart about some of the. I would the love a remake ideas. more than anything, but again, it's just I just don't want to be picky at this point. I'm so happy it did so well. That's a good I'm so point. So happy Jones. there's more projects in the future. Like I'm yes, just, I'm that's a good point. I'm I'm just happy to be here. But yeah, like, the, the, they should not be forced to do anything they want. They've earned the right, right, in my eyes, to to work on whatever project they want to next, and they should be allowed to do it because they've proven themselves. Yeah. And I'm sure whatever they do next will be just as good, if not better. Um. I also want to get this out of the way. There was a 20-minute uh, indie presentation uh, at the start of the uh, head of Gamescom, and we also just found out today that <laughs> next Tuesday they are doing a uh, basically a Nindies showcase ahead of PAX. Basically, just from now on, the week before PAX West, there's always going to be a Nindies showcase, probably just just how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So we. W- for the purpose of friend code, I am going to save all indie discussion, indie game discussion, until the following episode. I'm just going to Great. roll in both presentations Great. into one just full episode about indies. Clean. So if you ask any questions this week about indie uh, titles for the Switch, I'm purposely not taking them this week. Please ask them again on the next friend code, and def- very likely they will get in. Um, and then uh, what was the last thing I had? I think that was it. Uh, so that means I, I have a couple things oh, to talk about with new releases on Switch. Oh, because oh, I just think it's interesting. You, you know, you you reached out to the rest of the allies who would like to to be on this episode of Friend Code, and and um, I, I offered my services being available here. I'm always I'm always down for a podcast because you know it's my house. But <laughs> uh, 
I've been switching it up a lot lately. You know, like I just like obsessively tried to finish Octopath. I, I go immediately from Octopath Traveler right into Overcooked. Uh, I We streamed Overcooked on PS4, but then Amanda wanted to play it, and so we got it again on her Switch, and we've been playing. We're just, like just wrapping it up now, trying to three-star everything. <laughs> and then... Um, I uh, uh, we're going to be playing Monster Hunter Ultimate next week, yep. and I got the code for that, so I got to yep. download and play a bunch of that. Mm. Uh, I almost bought a game. I ended up not doing it. We'll talk about this later, actually. I'm, tr- I'm curious when this is going to go up in relation to our countdown, because I almost bought a Switch game to get footage for our countdown, Ooh. but then I didn't, because I knew I had it on another console, so I'm like, I don't want to waste money. But, don't oh, yeah. Don't spoil it. Maybe get, that, nice. get to that in a Easy. second. But... Um, um, it is a game I was curious in playing on Switch, uh, just to, to plant that seed. Um, but another fun game just came out, and this is like a smaller game that I don't think a lot of people would ta- be talking about, possibly on other Nintendo podcasts. But I don't know if anybody uh, at this desk or in the audience has heard of Castle Storm. It's a heard game I played it. on 360 last gen, mm-hmm. and it just came out this week. Um, I think we got the code. I don't know. I think it might actually be coming out in a couple days, but uh, I've been playing that really fun tower defense game where you're in a castle and your rooms in the castle uh, help support uh, either specific troops that you have or like bonuses that you have. So if the, your, your opponent actually destroys your castle, you lose that functionality the more mm-hmm. damage that your castle takes. Okay. And it's a really smart strategy game because it's divided up into three things. So one is these projectiles that you can shoot. So you're actually aiming kind of Angry bird style. Oh. You know, you're chucking things over oh, and some of your so the cooler items are on cooldown so you're just constantly throwing things. That's one button. Another button is summoning troops. So you can summon like Little dudes, bigger guys, uh, um, like uh, mages that'll heal them, or guys on horseback that'll go a lot faster. In some of the missions, you have to like send them out into the middle of the field to get a flag and take it back. So you like send troops out. There is friendly fire; you can't turn it off. Ooh, so when uh, you have your projectiles, you're like, eh, oh, like yeah. trying to like hit the enemy, but not your own dudes. Yeah, it's, it's a staple of that type of war. And then yeah. yeah, and then um, uh, the the top button sum- does magical spells and summons yourself onto the battlefield. So you can oh. actively just get in there and jump and slash and knock guys back. So, like, just the juggling and the missions do a good job of changing up what, you know, sometimes you can't use one thing or there's more emphasis on another. But uh, just random game, totally just in my wheelhouse. So, like, I don't know if that's something that everyone would enjoy. But if you love tactics, if you love tower defense, uh, if you like any game that has, like, a building momentum kind of plants versus zombie style, uh, that was just kind of a fun experiment that genre just came out on Switch. And or if it hasn't, it'll be within days. Thank you Check for it out. sharing that, Jones. Good, yeah. good recommendation. Lots of switch games uh, in my life lately. Yeah, we got our uh, first question. I think this this game might interest you as well, Jones. Uh, so our first question submitted uh, from Logan: Do you think it's a g- do you think it's good that developers are porting five plus year old games like Saints Row, the first season of The Walking Dead, Skyrim, LA Noir, etc., to the Switch? Should Switch fans be happy with whatever ports they get? Or should they f- the focus be on porting more recent games like Dune, Doom Eternal, uh, Wolfenstein 2, and Fortnite, uh, as these tend to be more relevant today? Love and respect. Why not both? <laughs> yeah, why not both? And just to, to point out, THQ Nordic did just announce at the beginning of Gamescom that Saints Row the Third would be coming to Switch. Yay. And uh, let's start there. Like They asked about the Saints Row the Third. Why the not the, not the latest yeah, Saints Row? <laughs> why? why? Why do you think that is? Top Any? selling Saints Row, probably. 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 Most well received, maybe. Yeah. I d- highly doubt the other ones wouldn't be able to run on Switch. So I think, for whatever reason, the third stands out in my mind as probably the one of the more popular, if not the most popular, yeah. of yeah. the series. 
Uh, I tell you, I would much rather play a game like Saints Row than something like Wolfenstein on the Switch. Okay. Because Wolfenstein's very difficult. Uh, very lots of situational awareness, lots of targets coming from crazy directions. I can't say the same for Doom. I haven't played Doom, the remake, mm-hmm. um, or the reboot. But whereas Saints Row, it's like just such low stress, so, so just wacky, zany, open worlds. So you can go wherever. Like it just, it just the, speaking to the portable nature of the Switch. I think it fits it much more if you're just like you know on a bus or just like yeah. at the you know doctor's office or something. You're like, I got ten minutes. Oh yeah, Saints Row. <laughs> like I'm just gonna crack that open, jump in a tank, blow up some stuff, moving on. Whereas Wolfenstein, you might boot it up. Oh yeah, that's right. This part that's real tough. Like I don't know if I want to deal with this with the yeah. small you know shoulder buttons. Yeah, and... like Doom is fun on it, yeah. but I would recommend every other version above it. Right. When I play it, like it's so, cool, but all the other versions are better, I think. So, so these type of games, something I mean, it would never happen, but something like a Sunset Overdrive, I think, would just do gangbusters on Switch. Like, yeah. just these games that uh, were very, uh, very minimum commitment for a short period of time. I could play for an hour, or I could play for ten minutes. That's kind of like, I think the the on the business Sweet part cut. of the Switch. That's sure. like what's what's written on it. Um, yeah, my take on this really is, I mean, the, the Jones thing about like, your remark about wanting to have both. I mean. I don't think they're speaking to ports. I think if you look at what they're doing with the the Wii U ports to Switch, which mm-hmm. are doing well, yeah, I think publishers are going to look to their back catalog at their strongest games. So why you got a Skyrim? Like Skyrim is obviously yeah. a very strong game. It's you know very old. Like I know we have this argument always all the time. It's based on the HD remaster, so it's not technically that old to some people, but. Mm. I think this is like Saints Row the Third. If we're assumption is correct, it's either the best selling series or the most, the most popular, best well received, whatever. Uh, that makes sense that they're reaching their catalogs to pick their strongest titles, their best performing, and throwing them on the Switch for a crowd that may not have ever played that game in the first place, or oh, yeah. they would love to replay it again. Yeah. And it's an ex- perfect opportunity. Yeah. I was thinking about replaying it anyway, exactly. and now I can take it with me anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, I think it's great. I, I, I'm, I, I encourage everyone to at least just dip their toe in there. Just experiment. Okay, yeah, like you were saying, like, what's number one? <laughs> what's the number one thing that we know, regardless of what platform we put it on? Some people are probably going to show up and buy it again and support us. Um, and, you know, it sounds crazy, but there's still some people who haven't played Skyrim. There's, I, I didn't play Saints Row the Third. I experienced that through other people. Uh, I remember Hey Ash did a really great episode on it back in the day. So like I remember the Zeitgeist, like I re- like and uh, uh, a couple friends of mine just played it like crazy. And so I'd go over and see an hour or two of it from their perspective. But it's just not something I actually invested in. And so I just think so many of these games, Hollow Knight, you know, it's just that was was yeah. that, did that do better than you think it was thought it was going to coming back? Uh, so, like I mean, it was only like a year since it launched, but I, it's I been selling it's still, extremely well. I think it still just had a dip, and the Hollow is selling extremely well on Switch. Yeah. In fact, it is now on sale, I believe, for like nine dollars or Ooh, nine something. Yeah. Wow, like nine eighty, nine dollars eighty cents. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, the perfect Smart time to get this if yeah. you have not picked up Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. Even you don't need to play through all of it. I, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that's a little bit on the longer side. I think even if you don't finish it, playing it for at least even like five hours, I think you get your money's worth out of that game. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think one of the big things that I like about the Switch now, how they're handling ports as opposed to the Wii U, I just, I, whenever I think about the Wii U ports, I think about Batman. I think about the <laughs> Arkham yeah. City 
weird version that we got and the whole the way that they sold that is like this is the best ever so they Mm -hmm. were like even convincing people if you've played this twice already get ready to play a third time because of motion controls or some weird menu that you're like what like it just it, it seemed disingenuous it seemed like really desperate you know that they're like no 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 play this again no no this is like better than ever and i i like that with doom you know, they at least are not saying it or even are hinting at the attitude of like, we know this is the worst performing version right. of this game. We know you're not going to get Saints Row the third on this because finally it's like the hd version of this game. It's like, no, it's just there. It just exists on the mm-hmm. platform. Take it or leave it. That's all we're going to say. That's all the info we're going to put out there. And I then think, it's up to you to make it. I think it's just decision. being able to play it on the go is like, yeah, a, it, that's good enough. To and sell they're just it. really honest about that. And yeah. I think it's reflecting well across just the, the consumer yeah. base. Yeah, it, and it's they seem more trustworthy. That's a good point because like the Wii U hadn't proven itself when those games were announced. Right. Wii U ultimately didn't sell that well. Uh, I think there are a lot of factors of why, like because like Batman Arkham City is a really great game, and uh, that was that was what was Mass Effect Three and Batman Arkham City, correct? That came to Wii U because Arkham Knight. Was yeah, it was Arkham City. Yeah, City. Uh, I I I think the problem was dude, there was a lot of problems with that. Whereas like now, because you you could argue, oh, that's a perfect game. People want to play on Switch. Like, yeah. But Arkham Asylum or just like an Arkham Collection on Switch or something, that would definitely sell right now yeah. for sure. I think they're just in two different situations, two different places, and Switch is just in a much better place. Mm-hmm. And people want they they want more games. They're buying up all these games that come out on it. You both made great points. Specifically, we said time and time again, the mobile. The portability mm-hmm. of it just works, and uh, we could sit here for a long time <laughs> listing games that like would work right. on it. But the point is, I think you're going to see more of this, and from both, I think you will see pe- developers trying to push a little bit of the boundaries. Um, like yeah, Doom, like Doom coming to Switch. It wasn't the most you know technically advanced port of it, but and same with Wolfenstein 2, It's just they're trying. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get, yeah. They got to start someplace. Like and just yeah. being able to play Doom on Switch is cool. Like just on the if go. you want a little cool. taste of Doom, it doesn't have to be the most delicious taste. Right. As long as, oh yeah, just a little Doom. Just a little, That's all yeah, I need. it's a little little piece. It, it reminds me of you know, in, like on Twitter, when somebody will message like a you know an, a brand or a school or something like that or some company, and they're like, hey, I want this to happen. How many retweets? Mm-hmm. Yep. To, and the, the company will actually say, okay, fifty k, make it happen. You're like, all right. And that person will. I almost never like like uh, fall for that bait whenever I see it online, but. I wonder if, like, almost every company in this business has that line. You know, we're like, yeah. they saw the Switch sales and they were like, okay, this game, if that breaks this, then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll release this other game. And we're starting to see that happen. We're starting to see, whoa, oh, yeah. okay, well, then let's try this. And then however that sells. Um, Very good point. That's Jones. what made, I, when I saw Castle Storm pop up, I was like, Castle Storm, whoa, what happened? And then when I booted it up, I was playing the first couple levels. I thought, you know what? I wonder if a sequel's on the way. I wonder if they're like, yeah, we're we're that close to maybe funding it or seeing what consoles this will work on. Let's try it on Switch. And if Switch sells more than we ever sold on PS3 and 360, yeah. I don't know if it was on PS3, I played it on 360, then maybe we'll just skip the Xbox altogether and just do Switch. So Jones, great point. Windjammers, like we're getting a two the sales now. I, spoke I, did not, I did not see Windjammers That's two coming point. at all. Companies need to see the demand. They need to see the receipts basically yeah. before they jump and Switch has shown the receipts. These games yeah. have, you said, sell you better than the previous version. The sell better than all the versions of yeah. previous release. When you're seeing numbers like that, yeah. it's kind of hard to ignore that. I think that's why you might even start seeing some games be only on Switch and maybe PC rather than, than, than other Windjammers. stuff. Like Windjammers 2. Crazy. Yeah. 
Um, good stuff there, uh, but I think it's time to move on to our, our, our second question here. So our second question comes from Eric, and uh, Eric says, I've never played a Diablo game, mm. but the Switch version intrigues me. Yeah. I have a newborn, and the Switch has pretty much become my only gaming machine because of the convenience and ability to play handheld. I'm pretty sure I will have a very strong association of fatherhood when I look back at my time with Octopath Traveler. I tried to play Doom on Switch, though, and I couldn't do it. Looked too rough. I might try and play it on PS4 later, but I cannot handle the downgrade of visuals on Switch. Fair. So, question, how do you think Diablo 3 will hold up, especially in handheld mode? Thanks, love, and respect. And uh, before you answer that, just again, another one of the few announcements... Nintendo did announce, in collaboration with Blizzard, that Diablo 3 would be coming to Switch. Uh, I'm also on board with this. I have not touched a Diablo game. Um, so I'm very curious about the panel's thoughts on this game coming to, to Switch. I think it'll be one of the worst versions of the game, performance-wise. Okay. But it's just the handheld. Like That's really cool that you can do that. Like It's going to look like the PS3, Xbox 360 version, if that. Okay. But I'm like I'm saying, the advantage is being able to take it with you on the go. All right, my question is, from all the trailers I've seen this game, it doesn't look that, in general, doesn't look very visually taxing. So, yeah, that's like, that's Blizzard, usually. All their games are like that. From my experience, I could the only thing I could assume is that there's so many effects going Enemies on. Enemies like, on screen, yeah, so, if you're playing with three so other people. Slow down from yeah. that, yeah, yeah, or latency. Yeah. Um, but talk about a game you can just play yeah. for any, yeah, yeah, any amount of time. Diablo for a long Just time. keep stacking five minutes on increments onto uh, your play session. It has all the DLC, I think, on yeah, it, Yeah, I think it comes yeah, with everything. Go. It's got the Zelda yeah. item. You can put Ganondorf, Ganondorf armors yeah. in there. And uh, maybe, uh, this is another thought that came into my head, but it's also part of our third question. I think I'm just going to roll these two because yeah. they're both about Diablo 3. So the one thing I think there's some concern about, which also uh, DRD7 of 14 ask about, is their biggest issue with Diablo 3 has always been local multiplayer. While it's fun, as soon as players need to go through their loot, it becomes a real pain. Only one player can manage their inventory at a time, and the other three players Ooh. are forced to do nothing because the menu takes over the whole screen. Uh, I couldn't finish the game with my brother since we were consistently having to spend 10 to 15 minutes yeah. per each player going over stuff, leaving 30 to 45 minutes waiting for Stupid the other brother. to go through loot, weapons, yeah. armor. It was a real mess, and they never fixed. I can't imagine the Switch version is going to uh, be the version to fix this huge flaw. But I'd love to see them try. So that's a good point. Talk about yeah. multiplayer in this game. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think it's going to work well specifically? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and like, yeah, local multiplayer with a switch or multiple switches. Like, screen, yeah, so you don't yeah, it's do really it. cool. So yeah, hopefully don't. it's like PC because PC you can just kind of do whatever you wanted. Okay. At the time, like if when you're playing, you have your own screen, obviously, so you can look at your menu and people could be doing whatever. So hopefully, Switch does that if you're playing right. on separate things. It's funny. Like there are games where I. I myself try to keep it in, in, in focus. Like, I know it's like, here's a game where it's like, man, I'm probably not going to play it, but I really, really should. Mass Effect, you know? It's like, <laughs> ah, I never played that. Sure. But it, it's so nobody's been, like, harassing me about Mass Effect. That's just always my own brain that tries to categorize that. That's a franchise I should really spend some time with in the future. Then there's other games where, like, they just keep coming back to me. And, like, Diablo 3 has knocked on my door, like, 500 times. Like, <laughs> and, I've, and I've played it before. I played it on PC and I played it on okay. PS4. And so, like, I just, just, just dabbled in it. But I could see the deep end like oh no what if i like really 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 commit to this and i just think of how many times 
a friend picked it up and like messaged me, hey, Diablo 3 is pretty good. Are you playing this? And I'm like, nah, I did for a bit, but mm-hmm. I'm not. Ian, I remember, just got like crazy into it. Necromancer was like the new class that they mm-hmm. added. So many different, coming out on other systems. And like, this might be the final straw. <laughs> like, I saw it, like, now it's on Switch. Now it's portable. It's right sure. there. You can be watching a movie and cutting the podcast and playing a game all at the same time. Damn. You know, just do it, Jones. We'll yeah. see. Um, yeah, I'm really curious to, to maybe try this out if, uh, finally, but this will be the, the thing that gets, also gets me to jump into yeah. Diablo. Sadly, yeah, besides keeping up with the, the footage and announcements with the Diablo series, yeah, this I can say is back in the day, Diablo 2 and Ocarina of Time used to like vie for like Game of Forever. Mm-hmm. Back yeah. in the old Game FAQs, like Game sure, of yeah. the Year, to, or the, the, the little bracket tournament they used to do every year. It would always be Diablo 2 and Ocarina of Time yeah. vying for the top spot every single time. It was just, like clockwork. So my like, I was informed about video games is that Ocarina of Time is really good, but this Diablo 2 <laughs> game, it's like this is other big like game. This big PC game. Um, yeah. Also, not to read too much into it, but we were talking about anytime we see something come on Switch, is that indicative of something else that's happening somewhere? Oh, yeah. Um, Windjammers to Windjammers 2. You know, this last kind of hurrah for Diablo 3 um, is this. Um, oh, bl- yeah. Is this Blizzard prepping Jones, the Nintendo audience for this, for this massive, franchise in general? Massive, so. like, theory. It's like taking clues. They argue there have been clues dropped over the last few announcements from Blizzard. They all contain a nugget. And when you piece them together, it's all pointing towards Diablo 4 at BlizzCon. There's just like, every, like, there's this faction of Blizzard fans who's like convinced oh, yeah. it is happening. If it's not there, they're, people are going to be yeah, pissed. Yeah, they will riot. Get it. Yeah. Uh, it. <laughs> hey, let's move on. They will riot laughter from mm-hmm. the audience. All right. Uh, oh, whoops. I didn't do that right. Sorry, one sec. This new system here. Actually, I did do it right on this. Not used to it. Next question, oh. though, comes from uh, Megan. Major momentum drop there. Could you yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Botch. <sighs> Can we cut that? We... Not. <laughs> Fourth question from Megan. Uh, hello, panel. Much to everyone's surprise, Windjammers 2 was announced <laughs> for the Switch. I've never thought i see this in a million years. What do you guys think about this news? How, this is, how did this even happen? I'd love to hear your thoughts and feelings on this fresh to death announcement. That's the fresh wording. Fresh to death. Uh, and yes, as we mentioned, when Jimbers Two recently announced, and uh, yeah, what do you what do you think about this? Sweet, yeah. it's great. I, I think this game, you know, does maybe it defines is too strong of a word, but like this is a game for the streaming era, man. This is a game you don't necessarily even need to play. Like it's just you can just enjoy really watching other watch. watching your favorite channels play. It's like Overcooked, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's frantic it's so frantic that it's uh really entertaining it's easy to pick up and play you know hard to master and i think it's somebody it's something that anyone can really just get their fingers on and understand uh but it's just it's so chaotic and uh there is depth to it but it's just i think it's just such an easy thing if you were a streamer solo if you were a streamer like us with lots of different people that can play games it's just a no-brainer, and like mm-hmm. it's it's exciting to see games not to j- like jump on a completely different tangent, but like Dark Pictures anthology that like mm. are clearly made for an online audience to appreciate <laughs> are clearly just like short and digestible and mm-hmm. and oh yeah. So I'm it's I, it's it's not a surprise to me that Windjammers has found success and that is going to get to a sequel what forty years later, but makes me wonder like what other gems are still out there what other crazy online power stony type of games are still just waiting to get to have that resurgence you already said it it's and power stone still, yeah man it's power, stone. power stone dude power stone 3 Let's exclusively go, on dude. switch you know oh, like man. wow 
I think it'd be huge. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. massive. It's just a question of a company. Yeah. If you have enough people that work in a company that has yeah. the money to do it mm-hmm. and, and they're willing to invest the time, but I just think something that is so over the top and 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 crazy and not presenting itself in a real serious tone or you know something that um, you know I think something like a Dead Cells or like these or Salt and Sanctuaries now on Switch like these games do well but at the same time the the, the level of challenge I think might be you know turning people off. Whereas in Windjammers, like, if you lose, it's still fun. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's still just a crazy yep, yep, game. Yep, yep. You're going to get one Absolutely. goal in there that's going to feel great. Feels good. And uh, Play, uh, playing, yeah, just playing the right type a, of zany. on our group stream that night, like, yeah. just against, like, against everyone, especially Huber, it's <laughs> like, just absolutely like, fun and pandemonium. Just, I think that's what people like about that game so much when they finally try it. I will concede, because this is an interesting crossover with the, the Easy Allies podcast. This will go, We go up after it's already available for the public. So anyone who's listened to Easy Allies podcast already know that uh, we did uh, rank the significance for the new announcements, yeah. and we placed Windjammers 2 in there, and we yeah. placed it uh, above some other games, uh, namely uh, Desperados uh, yeah. coming back and uh, the new uh, Settlers game. Yeah. And I already saw some feedback that there were some people over in Europe who were like, this is a, like a, an instance of of, you know where you are and stuff because over here you'd see like Europeans putting them way higher than Windjam. Windjammers would be at the True. bottom, and I just want to. I brought this up because I'd like to just say my own personal experience with Windjammers is that I didn't really say it on the podcast, but here I only know about that game's existence because listening to the Giant Bomb cast and those guys just going nuts <laughs> over right. that game, yeah, of course. And like they just they never really described it. They just described how they're awesome. I, it I was. saw Windjammers two from Dave Lang. I, I literally that's how I found out Twitter is Dave Lang retweeted it was like you gotta be kidding. Gotta me. Be. <laughs> like yeah. Like I mean everyone's gonna want to see real. like what they play, but like right. I like just in my head yeah. them talking about it. I didn't know it was some frisbee tossing mm, game. Right. I thought it was like Windjammers some like cool like war shoot like shoot them up or something and they were like this must be some weird crazy japanese only game that <laughs> yeah. like and then i we played it i was like whoa this is uh mm-hmm. not what i thought but yeah. just wanted to say i understand like i think it yeah. is i think desperados to me is actually maybe a little bit more significant than settlers the thing about settlers to me just from an outside perspective looking at how they sold it at gamescom when when they show up and they're like, here's Settlers 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and now announcing 7, I don't get yeah. the vibe that it's like, oh, they're making another one? You know, it seems like they've got a pretty good track record of this. It's kind sure. of like The Sims or something. It's like one of those franchises where, like, it's probably coming back. You know, it's it's probably going to find its audience. It's going to know, kind of like racing games like F1 or something, like these smaller games that are an- not necessarily annual but do come back, know their audience, know how much they should spend on a game, how much they're probably going to make in a given year, how big their audience is. Whereas Windjammers is just like, what? Like, we're, I, wow, I didn't know that this weird game would get a sequel. What is it going to be? Are they going to fall back? Are they going to rest on their laurels and just kind of deliver the same experience? Or are they yeah. like, okay, now that we can actually spend a little more money on this, let's go nuts. Let's throw in some really crazy modes, Whoa. twice as many characters. Like, so I think that's why it's just yeah. so unusual. And just the vibe. I mean, a guy doing like Dragon Ball and throwing. It's, yeah, it's, it's, hard, so not, it's hard not to crack up at that and, and for that not to be a spectacle at a show like this. So I think that might die down over time and, and, you know, maybe people invest more time socially talking about Settlers. It'd be nice, you know, if if, the, if uh, that game, in this era of so many people trying out new franchises, it'd be nice if this is the biggest selling Settlers. Right. You want to see that happen, sure. I think I'd be really disappointed if Windjammers 2 just isn't like a natural evolution of Windjammers 1. I, I, I don't want, I'm not expecting some giant leaping graphics. I want it to be like 
slightly like it needs to be in the same visual aesthetic like it needs to look yeah, like if just like absolutely. maybe if it was sequel was made like a year or two after it would be awesome mm. and yeah everything you said Joe like maybe some new mode some challenge stuff in there yeah. but the essence of it is still the same. I when you said bigger budget let's like I thought we were gonna say let's make it more like visually appealing no. and like I like please just no don't do that but don't more but more characters oh yeah. oh yeah more characters yeah, yeah, yeah. Be great. Be really more, more courses characters. more moves like more like more cool modes but like don't mess with it that like don't go yeah. in a different direction like don't do that that's like the worst <laughs> thing you could do for windjammers it would be like disastrous if you did that like our fear earlier we we're talking about like sequels like Final Fantasy 6 sequel that's exactly in my mind <laughs> what they would do oh we're gonna make the visuals way different and yeah. we're gonna like do a no don't do that all the faces will be curvy like, no no um let's move on to the next question so uh our next question comes from uh from uh Zaladin 13 Hi, panel. With the announcement of the new Inky Pen app, exclusive for Switch, do you see this opening the gate for more traditional tablet functionality? E-reader, exclusively touchscreen tablet games, notepads, sketchbooks, alarms, etc. Love you guys. Easy is like a family away from home during the long 12-hour shifts at the paper mill. Hmm. Nice. Very nice. Thank nice. you. And if you don't know... It feels Inky- good to fill that role in your life. Oh, good. yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Inky Pen is a comic book app. Uh, oh. So it lets you look. It's like a tablet e-reader, uh, like comic book e-reader, essentially. And like, you know, it's to swipe the pages, zoom in, all, all the stuff you think about, like like comic comicsology, whatever it's called, yeah, mm-hmm. I think is like a s- sort of similar one. I uh, didn't do too much research into I watched the video announcement. I was like, oh, I get it. I didn't look too much into the the the. the app itself like what extra features it has but that's a good question basically yeah nintendo released a short video about this so you know do you expect nintendo to try and go with some of these more unique tablet functionality uh applications Mm. and uh as i said i'm just gonna say that's great but i'm still always gonna ask where's netflix but yeah that's my joke i'll tell you what uh was it 2006 the ds came out DS? Yeah. No, Nintendo no. DS came out in uh, 2004. Yeah. 2004? Oh, 2004 or 5. PSP was okay. like around that time, too. But like, 2005 was Mario Kart. DS, DS comes out, and they give yeah. me a, a Nintendo screen with a stylus, and I'm like, oh, Mario Paint. Here we go. Yeah. They're bringing back Mario Paint. I can't wait. I can't wait. And then, like, nope. Like, 3DS? I was like, oh, all right. Oh, okay. Yeah. 3DS is also selling a lot. <laughs> People are really buying into the system. Here we go. Mario Paint doesn't happen wii u comes out we get like our little tablet with the, i'm like this is so perfect here we go mario paint bring nope. it back give me a music nope. editor and let me they didn't nope they didn't what I so mean, they gave you uh the the drawing application stuff on there like, close that like door. they even brought like flip note studio mario paint on switch <laughs> like they had flip note studio yeah. for a while and then they like ditched that ultimately and then uh Real quick, I did a fact check for us to make sure, because, you know, we're a Nintendo podcast, we can't get this wrong. Uh, the Nintendo DS did release in North America on November 21st, okay. 2004. I, I was like, it's 2004, because online and Mario Kart DS came out a year later in fall of 2005, mm-hmm. and everyone, like, that's when I feel like it took yeah. off. Cause I that, remember playing oh, in high school. In yeah. Animal Crossing. Oh. Uh, that was the first... Uh, Animal Crossing game I touched was uh, that one actually. Uh, as far as Nintendo support with this, I think they're experimenting right now. They're dipping their toes in to see how it goes, and I think depending how it goes, they'll either go in more, or they'll they'll just leave. Yeah, I I do think, Brad, that they uh, I think they're looking for more interesting hooks than I mean, just what you can find anywhere yeah, else. That's Nintendo. They always yeah, do that. I, I think that's what they're looking for, and that's something that you 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 can't get on like 
the same experience on a PS4 right. or Xbox One <clears throat> is uh, being able to read the comics on your Switch handheld mode, swiping and like looking at it like that. You can turn it vertically, probably do all that. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier, Jones, we're just, we confirmed that DS did come out in 2004. Oh, excellent. And uh, Animal Crossing DS the year later with uh, online was my first Animal Crossing. It's a good one. Good one. Very good, good one to start one. on. Yeah, I, you're right, Brad. I think you'll see more of this stuff. Um uh, yeah, just always. I know I bring it up all the time. Just Netflix one day, just one day. Be nice. I'm really one surprised that's not day. on there. Just one day, but like, at the same time, I'm not. Yeah. So maybe we'll see. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, let's move on to our uh, next question, which uh, comes from Straw Hat Ninja. Ooh, greetings, allies. Fire Emblem Three Houses is scheduled for a spring 2019 release, and we don't know hardly anything about it. Yeah. I'm guessing we will get a direct for it at some point, but what things would you like to see that would get you really excited? Um, just real quick, uh, we now know the PAX West lineup and mm-hmm. the panel schedule for PAX West. No Fire Emblem. So that like we've gone with oh. Gamescom, we've gone with this. Nintendo does not go to Tokyo Game Show. They they were having a presence there in a first official capacity, but they're not showing off their own games. It's more for third party relations at Tokyo Game Show this year. Sorry, right? But uh, beyond that, it's like Paris Games Week, and then maybe a direct at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, none of that. I will admit, uh, I'm. It's a bit concerning that. Uh, we're this far and we don't have any more details. I mean, like, spring though. Yeah, spring. I mean, they got till like May time. Uh, I mean, it's Nintendo. They they do like to show stuff off, but like I do have like a tiny bit. Like I'd say like about like fifteen to twenty percent concern that it's not going to hit that window right now is where I'm at. But uh, yeah, before I share my thoughts, like yeah, what would you like to hear or see about this or actually get you excited if you're not? Uh, ready? They already did it. They put oh, they it on a, a home console that I could play. <laughs> I didn't want to play on a DS. Ooh, okay, that's a good start. Because I don't know anything about these games. Oh, I've yeah, never really okay. played one of these before. Uh, me, me, me neither. Uh, my my comments on this are, you know, Ooh. yeah, probably ne- right. next to nil as far as the worth is concerned to our audience. Man, I really hope this is a this is a good one. Then, if so this I don't know. Yeah, what's holding us back, into? Brad? What would it what? take? I get. I mean, I guess. I'm telling, I'm telling you, man, it was it. Why being on handheld? Yeah. And, and you know, like it'd be really interesting if if that became because I'm I'm certain Smash Brothers is going to take us over when that Pokemon game comes out. Not Let's Go, but the 2019 okay, one. Like, uh, yeah. I'm sure that's one that is going to sweep <laughs> yeah, up a yeah, lot yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah. If there was just kind of some big multi-ally effort to get really involved in that Fire Emblem, it's timing too. Is when it comes out. Of course, it has to be a convenient yeah, I'm, time. I'm for I'm hoping all of us. it's not that that huge like Q1. Like I do hope it comes out between January and March because all those big games that you know. Everyone has like a list of people reviewing for it. Easy allies. It's like, well, let's drop that fireman in there, and then it's one I could put my name by right yeah, yeah. there. Thank you very much. It's like, like I, I like to get one of those. But uh, yeah, I guess before I give any of my thoughts, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I mean, Brad, you kind of said that you really haven't jumped into the series. I played a little most, bit oh. of the GameCube one. Okay, just a little That's, bit. What about you, Jones? Has there been any like specific reason why you haven't really got into it or? Uh, it's, it's just kind of a tactics thing. If there's okay. a, if there's a tactics series that doesn't necessarily, you know, that, that is unique to itself. Like there, there are, there are games that have copied the Fire Emblem model and I'm sure they weren't the first to do that. I do not, you know, don't quote me on that because I haven't done my Fire Emblem history, but I think Fire Emblem is, is its own type of, of tactics game. And it just seems like something that it would take me a while to get good at. I'm not hungry for role-playing experiences or, or, or you know, big, dramatic, multi-hour storylines. That, uh, that's why I gravitate something more like, uh, to something more like Octopath that I'm familiar with this mm. format. It takes me much uh, less time sure. to get familiar with the battle system. Whereas in this, like, 
It's just like, oh, yeah, that's right. Bows beat, you know, staffs beat. Okay, right. You know, like, I would just be very bad at going into it. And I wouldn't necessarily want it, you know, to have some kind of really over-elaborate tutorial system that would piss off long-standing fans. Or like, sure. I don't need this, you know. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't want it, I, I wouldn't want it to have to dumb down its experience for a player like me to then get accustomed to it. But I did. what I did like about this was, as someone who hasn't played a lot of Fire Emblem... You know, when we were talking at E3 about what the all the the new modes and, and functionality that they were adding looked like, there was a lot more seamless transitions between things, mm-hmm. and uh, just the style I think was very surprising for some, and so that excites me. So I, I think just stay the course. Like at some point, same thing with Yakuza. Like, sorry Yakuza that I have not put enough time into it as other, you know as I probably should have, but you're not doing anything wrong. Keep, you're not keep doing what you're doing, and I'm. I, it's my. It's my bad. It's my fault. There's only so many games. And one of these. Play. One of these days, I will. Uh, you'll. You'll break me, and I'll jump in. I feel like, for those people who might not be into, have not gone into Fire Emblem yet, um, and one of the things I think that uh, Heroes doesn't do the best job of, uh, the mobile game. Fire Emblem Heroes oh, yeah. gets you used to the very core essence of Fire Emblem. It's a grid tactics game. You move around. It does teach you the basics. But if, like I've always preached that if you want more, like this is not this is just scratching the surface of yeah. what Fire Emblem offers. You're missing out on a lot here. And you mentioned the story. And I will say that the story is a big time investment. These games are big time investments. They're mm. very long games. But the story is usually from the ones I like, uh, the GameCube and the the Wii one, uh my two favorite ones are actually two parts of a whole game is it it's told like novel star like style essentially it's like a long drawn out novel you get all these character perspectives you have a very lengthy conversations uh, between I, I, yeah, I get a strong sense of permanence. Your yeah. characters die, they're dead. People can have children. You know, you then play as them, and you know the game and moving forward. It just yeah, they, I think so. It's, that kind of investment's attractive. Yeah, it, it it they I think they complement each other very well. Like the tactic style f- fights, they can last a very long time. But as you said, Jones, you were worried about like maybe like tutorials stuff like that. Most of the games have optional tutorials. Like if you know like the basics, like skip. I know how to play for them. Skip me over this. But yeah. I don't think it's too complicated to learn the basics. Uh, there's a triangle system about like you have their sword users, axe users, and lance users at their essence, and it's basically Sal. Sword beats axe, axe like beats lance. Rock, paper, yeah, it's rock paper scissors. Okay, cool. Um, but there's like you said bow and arrow. Where, where's bow and arrow fit? But like yeah. bow and arrow is like oh they're range. Like yeah. you're just in range, you'll take damage. But flying stuff. Oh, you're flying. You get shot. You, but range. But, but as you play the game, I think no matter what. This is a game you just have to jump in there and start playing and be yeah. okay with losing because I think that's one of the reasons it's so addictive mm-hmm. is you'll do you'll like think you've thought everything everything and then that one thing the one enemy you weren't paying attention on I yeah. would really recommend until you're very familiar and like maybe in a multi, like a second playthrough or you played a few games don't turn on all the crazy options like see the range of this this like you can if you want you process yeah. it but i think just having the basic information yeah. fed to you and then learning oh i'm gonna advance i can go this far on my turn and it's like woo, you just get like <laughs> like just obliterated by all this stuff it's like it's teaching you like yeah, learn yeah. it and it's fun i think it's fun to learn to i learn. think it's another reason why i i haven't played as many rts games as i probably wanted to or been curious about in the past is that uh, I just get emotionally destroyed by games. So they're like, you failed 30 minutes ago. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> you know, and you're like, ah! And like, you finally see, you know, the difficulty coming at you and you realize like, oh, oh okay. I should have known that was coming to kind of, you know, get my troops over there, build up momentum so that I could deal with that challenge. That, and uh, it's when it's too late, you're like, oh God. So that is I a good go com- back an hour now to like redo that part. But 
Good counterpoint, Jones. That is one of the things I think that you can tell if this game might not be for you is if you do not have the time investment. Even one chapter, one mission, with like even if you skip the story, just go to the mission, you might get thirty minutes into the fight and think you're near the end, and you screw up something. And it's game over. And right. there aren't no... Some of them, the newer ones have offered, like, you can save in the middle of the fight and come back to it. Oh, okay. Uh, they really don't want you to do that, though. The core essence is you fail, you're going back to the start of that fight. And that could be a multi-hour prospect if you fail, like, two or three times, like, while right. trying to learn it. So I understand not everyone has time for these games. Right. But if you do... But they can be played one chapter at a time, I feel like. You don't have to sit down and... I need eight or ten hours. If you have like two or three hours, you can probably take on one chapter, one mission at a time. And they're long. They will last you a long time. So they're pretty good, you yeah. know, in value investments. I played played as the well. Valkyria demo, got excited about that. So Same thing. Know, maybe like, maybe exactly. tactics games like this, maybe I'm gonna start Dabbling in a little bit more. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, Valkyria, same thing. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. they, they, they they try and like they do the action spin on it to make it a little bit more like yeah. moment to moment more entertaining and a little bit of a rush to, to put on top of the more methodical, strategic edge yeah. of uh, their old-fashioned tactics grid-based games. But, uh, but I'm a little yeah. just naturally... Uh, starting from scratch, I'm a little more attracted to the, the fantasy aesthetic of Fire Emblem yes. more than the World War One aesthetic of uh, something like Valkyria. Jones, so. uh, my dream... I don't know and, if you remember my Smash name. Brothers. Love all the Fire Emblem characters. Don't know who any of them are. But I just love <laughs> they their just look cool. Love huh? their style. Love their yeah. Love their moves. I like and stuff that Jones. And, yeah. That's great. My dream Jones is to have a Fire Emblem game made in the Valkyria engine. Like the like Ooh. play like Valkyria Chronicles. Oh, okay. One day I just want that. Oh sure. One but like that, that applies to the question. Like that would be my dream. I'd cool. love to see that. But I don't think we're gonna get that. So I would settle for the next this upcoming Fire Emblem Three Houses to be. More cut from the same cloth of the GameCube and mm-hmm. uh, Wii One, Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn. Um, I'd love to see more of those elements brought in again. And most specifically, I just want to see geog- like the the environment, the the landscape matter more into the battle dynamics. Right. Like being height advantages, terrain, stuff like yeah, yeah, terrain. Yeah. Just like rolling rock down a hill, like will knock out a line of enemies and stuff like that. Or there's water. Uh oh, I can't. And it's like a different level, so it's like oh, you have like a bridge that's down here that can go across or i can go across this there's just so many things to consider and it's great love it this seems also like a really uh, good opportunity uh to let our viewers know at home that if you don't want to hear yard work being done during our podcasts go to patreon.com slash easy allies help us stay above that 50k goal (laughs) and uh no no yard work done by the studio that is one of our qualifiers brand manager we're talking about our real estate agent yeah if uh, the leaf blower could not happen while we're shooting a podcast it'd be really great so, you're just putting on a good show, Damiani, and I don't you. want, I no, don't want it's blades okay. of grass to get in the way between your and Nintendo news. That was a smooth news. transition, Brandon. Smooth transition. That means uh, let's move on to our next question, and it uh, comes from uh, this comes from Tyler. Hey, allies. What do you think Nintendo should do with Mario Kart in the future? Do you think... Look at whatever they're doing now. Oh do you God. think they should release Mario Kart 9 on the Switch? When Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is already the second best-selling game on the system. Yeah, don't eat it. Deluxe was recently updated for Labo controls, and they said more updates were coming, but whatever that means, whether it's more tracks or characters, is uncertain. So, do you think Nintendo adds to Deluxe, Mix 9, or neither? Also, where do you think Mario Kart goes in the next game when it eventually happens? Ain't introduced anti-gravity, so what wrinkle do you think they add into the gameplay? What wrinkle do you think they should add to the gameplay in the next iteration? And do you expect more non-Mario Nintendo characters to be part of the roster? Thank you for your guys' hard luck, uh, hard work. Sorry, love and respect. 
Uh, no rubber banding. That's what I want. Ooh, that's the what I want the most. Banding. I kind, want kind of so like, like Smash is selling the uh, turn this on and off. Modes yeah, a lot. like like you can just turn off. If you're rubber banding, a like, good driver and you're great with items, I think you should be rewarded instead of necessarily some dude just rubber banding behind you all the time. Like, I'm not a fan of them just giving people stars all the time in the back because it punishes the people who play well. Like they want everyone to have fun and be competitive like that, but like, so this is come where, on, like, man. It should just be a different mode. This is you know? yeah. multiplayer as well, like, not just like single like, player. Yeah, off, like turning off items. Yeah, and you smash, should be able to you know, do like, stuff like that. Like have different settings if you want. Yeah. Oh, also there'll be I think there'll be more characters outside of your typical Mario. Okay. Characters. I mean, we saw that with Link already. Yeah. Like, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Samus showed yeah. up in it or something like I, that. Yeah, I, I would kind of love to get back to Double Dash. I think I think, Ooh, I think yeah. they were really Ooh, onto something cart. special there. The two Just the idea of having, like, a supplement uh, character that you can also mm. add that maybe adds another ability that they just inherently have. You know, so if sure. you, even if you choose Mario, you can have, like, Samus on the side and she can morph ball or do something. Like, just, like, one extra ability that I get. Um, it'd also be interesting... Uh, one of the things I was surprised that uh, uh, Bossman was so excited about with Smash that they just announced was um, you, you're no longer hunting after the Smash Ball that you can set it to a mode where you're building up a meter yeah. so you have more people throwing Smashes out and it'd be interesting if yeah, if you had some inherent abilities to uh, characters or to vehicles that I don't have to get to a question mark you know, I just get it. I just get it after a certain while, or or, or maybe like you were saying, if if you know, even if they don't, if the rubber banding is still there, or some of the item acquisition is still there, maybe when you get into first, second, or third, you get a new ability to like block stuff or um, just some kind of defense against the, the blue shell or something. Yeah, they got like one thing. They got the the AOE kind of horn. Yeah. Thing. Oh yeah, the horn thing can just uh, yeah, the... which is cool. Yeah, they added. I that. love that. I I think. Uh, sorry, uh, I think one thing that. Uh, could be cool is uh i lost my train of thought on what jones was gonna say so i'm just gonna wonder like what are the m- my ideas i had to think jones, i had a really good point i want to make about that uh i do want to say I, th- I think since mario kart 8 is selling so well i think it's gonna be a while before you see oh, oh, mario yeah. kart oh, I, I don't think the Mar- i don't think switch needs another yeah, mario they, kart they, at all yeah, period yeah uh i, I think maybe maybe, maybe a cross platform so uh, when the next console gets launched and they want to make that years, divide Put it on Switch as well. I think next two, three years, we'll probably start hearing about a new Mario Kart. But I think it's going to be years. It's not going to be like oh, yeah. within next year. Uh, I do think, as they pointed out, there will be updates. We saw the Labo sure. controls. Smart. We got the free Breath of the Wild update with yep. Link in the, the uh, alternate outfit in the in the Master the bike, Cycle. Right. Thrown yeah. in there. I, I think you'll just see more of that trickle in over time. Mm-hmm. But eventually, when we get to the new one, um, your discussion about like uh, outside characters made me think... You know, what if this ever became like, you know, Sonic All-Stars Racing was originally, you know, Sega characters before it went back to being like Sonic Team Racing. It's like, what if Mario Kart became like Nintendo Kart? Yeah. The Smash Brothers of Mario. You know how Bossman feels about that. Yeah. I I wonder, like, (laughs) would that upset, like, pure Mario fans? Because they have such a large roster of, like, Mario-specific characters. Um, if fans want to get so upset about it, you could have like, oh, the cool looking Fire Emblem character in there. Now you got a Fire Emblem stage, you know, the Castle Seed stage, or you know, you get the Samus card in there, and you're going oh, to like, you know, Animal Crossing. It's a course now in there. Yeah, we've seen hints of that, and it works. It's fun. We got the F Zero mm-hmm. in there, so I, yeah, where's Captain Falcon? I don't think it's that far fetched. Even if it doesn't come Nintendo Kart, I think the next Mario Kart will have more outside of Mario yeah. characters. Sure. Um, in terms of what they can do style-wise, uh, I think maybe they should try tackling uh, 
what uh, the Diddy Kong Racing slash cra uh, Crash was... Team Racing like adventure because uh, we don't know what's up with that Star Fox yeah. racing game. If that's even true, if that rumors are coming to fruition. If it's not, maybe this is what it becomes. Maybe Mario Kart to do something even bigger than what's done before. I just don't know what else racing wise they can do that's going to make it that like, I mean, and right. planes. They just copy planes, adventure mode, boss levels. But this also harkens back. To Mario Kart DS, uh, to give a specific example, I want that challenge mode stuff back. Collecting the coins on those like obstacle sure, stuff. Sure. They did have boss encounters, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Like, okay. just bring that back at least. I'd love to see that come. And, and the the strictly versus modes. Yeah. I mean, the game is versus, yes. but like, just uh, sky's the limit, man. Go crazy with those things. Capture the flag, you know. Like mm -hmm. any any sort of deathmatch options with balloons, you know. I think that's yeah. Oh, you can I think got of it. all sorts of nutty stuff. Achievements, Damiani. Battle Royale. Why isn't that there? Why aren't achievements in there? Oh my god! Wow! Wow! Brad would love that. Whoa! Other people would love also, that. ever since like we found out, we finally found out what the Smash Brothers Ultimate was going to be. Just putting that Ultimate moniker on there has me thinking all sorts of crazy ideas for oh. like Mario Party and, and Mario Kart and a lot of their like big multiplayer yeah. tentpole games. It, it'd be interested to always you know, like to d depending on how it sells to have an entry in their series that does have that kind of catch-all vibe where they're mm -hmm. like we're not just going to make a new gimmick for Mario Kart 9 Mario Kart 9 is going to be a celebration of the history of Mario Kart so all the courses going to be there Every all course, the characters yeah. if you want to maybe even add a double dash functionality you can or you can say screw it and I just want to bring my own cart and maybe that has its own you know uh, perks or, or uh, pluses or minuses but something to keep in mind yeah uh, I remember what I was going to say Jones you're thinking of like cool like extra things like you're talking about like the smash ball going away uh, to reward players in Mario Kart, uh, I think that they have the uh, the the drift mechanic, which you power mm -hmm. up the, the the boost essentially. Yeah. I think if you even do enough, that should charge up slowly, charge up a meter, and then when it builds up, you can just initiate like a basically like with the a gold boost. mushroom, like a long burn, like it's just like F Zero style. Like we hit that turbo button, you just go like fast for a while, and it just like drains your meter or something like that. Yeah. I think that'd be like pretty cool to like reward you because oh, you get hit by something, you burn that. Roo, see you later, or you just yeah. Or mm -hmm. once it hits a hundred percent, that opens an ability that something. spends the whole thing at once. You know, and you can maybe yeah, like you have a su they can open up, up the super that, moves yeah. essentially. Yeah, like you oh, here comes a barrage of blue shell and like uh, a star person's like nope, here's my like. Like reality stone, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. They all become harmless. Like all these things sound like good ideas, but then when you think when they're in the hands of Damiani, all of a sudden it becomes a real bad That's idea. Right. You're like, yes, as long yeah. as we can again yeah. turn that yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's move on to our uh, Patreon.com/slash/ZAllies. Fifty K. Yeah, fifty K. Fifty K. Coming up soon. Make it happen. Uh, next question, though. Just think how many leaves are going to be gone when you walk back to the car, though. You know, it's, just, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's so be nice. pristine out there. It's going to be nice. Yeah. It's going to be like night and day. It's be very nice. <laughs> Sam has a question for us. When do you think the eShop will stop? St sorry. When will the eShop stop having a Switch tax for new indie games? Iconoclast just came out on Switch and cost uh, $17.99 uh, pounds. Less than a week later, I found it on PlayStation Network. For seven ninety nine pounds, and this includes trophies, a PS three and PS Vita copy. <laughs> I would have bought it on Switch if it launched the same day as PS four, though, but it didn't. I find myself just waiting until the Switch version comes out and then buying it on another platform, and it's a shame. So I know they spoke specifically about indies, but this goes beyond indies. Like Nintendo prices their games where they want. Uh, oh, yeah. Another one like Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze. Nintendo Got a lot tax. of flack about that. So like, let's say, like the Switch, this is the Nintendo tax. So 
Um, when do you think Nintendo will ever stop doing the Nintendo tax? Uh, my guess is never. Yeah, when they stop selling. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But case in point, this this game that I wanted to buy without spoiling the countdown, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I should get that on Switch. And I went to go check it out. Fifty nine ninety nine. I was like, no, I can't. Uh, I can't do it. Uh, yeah. For this game. Like, I think <sighs> that's the simplest answer. Yeah. Honestly, is this isn't going to stop happening until. Yeah. The, people stop buying it at these prices and force them to change you know that's, yeah why would they but yeah pe- they, they, all their information shows we'll buy it at this price yeah. uh i do think so- certain situations are different from others um and they're not the only ones to do this for square enix is also notorious for the square oh enix God, tax, square tax which is even yep. like worse than nintendo oh, the square enix so, mobile tax yeah, yeah the, is out of control you would get like oh back on ds and game boy advance like oh the standard price for a new like game boy advance ds game is like 29.99 or 34.99 add a minimum of five to ten dollars on yeah. top of that for the square enix game yeah, that some came of their out games, like 50 bucks on ds it was just ridiculous <laughs> and they were like so i mean the, some companies know they will pay it they, yeah. but there's something I'll get to at the end of this that kind of sheds a light on why this is done this way and why maybe they shouldn't change their ways doing this. And uh, we'll save it for then. But I, I will say that in certain situations, I think it's not as uh, offensive. Uh, I went to bat for Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze because I, it's a, it's a, I think it's a great game. It deserved to sell and reward Nintendo as a feedback to tell them, keep making games like this. Unfortunately, not a lot of people bought a Wii U. Which meant not a lot of people could buy Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze to support it even if they wanted to. So by mm-hmm. putting it back on the Switch at full price, I think it's it, it basically it's like Nintendo's like we didn't get what we should have made on this. Like if if Wii U had sold even decently, yeah. I don't think you would have had that situation. I think it might have been discounted. But this is basically people are voting with their dollars here, saying, "Hey, that was a good game. We missed out on it. I'm gonna pay the full price for this because it's still a great game." And hey, Nintendo, keep making more games like that. I know there are people who come at me and be like, it doesn't matter. It's an old, like a four or five year old mm-hmm. game. It should not have been full price. You know what? On some level, sure. It should maybe it should have been forty nine sure. ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine. Right. But the fact is, it deserved to sell well because it not selling well could inadvertently be taken as this game. We shouldn't make more games like this or you mm-hmm. know lump it in with the Wii U failure. Thankfully, Nintendo's smart enough and didn't come to that conclusion right. like some people might have. But yeah, I mean they've been yeah. Didn't I remember Twilight Princess was sixty dollars like forever, <laughs> for like five years after that game came out, still sixty dollars. <laughs> Even like their like it was basically how Nintendo works. It's like their players' choice games come out, uh, their versions of that, and that's when they or you know their Nintendo yeah. selects now, and they become discounted and stuff. Like they it's like they celebrate achieving a milestone, sold yeah. a million or five yeah. million, whatever it is. Otherwise they don't. And now it's right. like hey, it's you know we met our sales expectations. Great, now we're gonna award you by discounting it. That, I mean, what they we'll get to do later, do we'll though is there's the coins that you can earn yeah. on the eShop. Yes, uh, we have their online service coming out, which will have question mark mm. perks. You know, might learn the lesson from uh, Xbox and and you know, Sony giving out free games and other functionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there might be just some kind of rewards for investing in that service right out of the gate. So I imagine that's kind of Nintendo trying to you know dull the edge, the sharpness of like the, you know when you see that price tag and just like oh god you know oh yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just think Nintendo's like, you know, the, the people who sell burgers at E3, you're just like, man, a $20 for a cheeseburger. I gotta buy it. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, just, I'm, here, else. I'm stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, go, I don't have time to go anywhere else to Jones, get this. I don't, I mean, sure it's sort of that, but also burger. I think as we'll get, I'll get into later, I think they believe in the value of their product. They do. Sure. And it's part, part yeah. of it has to do with like, you know, protecting that yeah. value. As silly as that fifty nine ninety nine was when I saw it, I almost did it. I almost made that jump and I thankfully. 
backed out. I did it. You did it? With Donkey Kong. Oh, okay. Donkey Kong. I was like, nice. oh, hell yeah. I'm this again. <laughs> it's a pleasure. <laughs> it's a good game. Yeah. Definitely jump on it. Uh, move on to our next question. we got two more. It's question nine of ten. we got ten questions total from our uh yeah, can maybe sneak that back door open. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Do that while we load this question real quick. Um, our next question comes from Jay. Jay asks... I would love to get the friend code panel's take on the concept of a Switch Pro release in 2019 using the NVIDIA Pascal Tegra X2 chipset. So this is a rumor um, that came up recently. I personally would love the platform to receive constant iterative updates. However, it is an understandably sensitive topic for many. How do you guys feel about it? Love and respect from Canada. And again, to clarify, there was a recent rumor that Switch Pro was going to be announced for next year. I think early next year was actually the rumor. Mm -hmm. And this came from the fact that Nintendo is freaking out behind the scenes because they are not going to hit their 20 million sales goal, Switch units goal. Ah. And with all the bouncing back and forth of the stocks, they're worried it's going to send investors into a frenzy and prove them right or something. (laughs) And uh, so because Switch is lagging behind, they need something to get those number up. So hence the Switch Pro will be released in early 2019 (laughs) to solve all the problems. Um, I have my thoughts on this, but yeah, basically, one, do you think this is going to happen? And two, what do you think about if if Switch did iterative updates, uh, you know, like pro versions? Like, how do you feel about that? I'd be down. I'd buy it. By the hell out of that. When, uh, when yeah. would it be okay for that to come out for you? Like when would be? When did like, Switch come out? Twenty fifteen. Switch came out twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Okay, so twenty nineteen. Yeah, I could see twenty twenty. Yeah, especially when uh, the newer years. consoles are going to come out. Totally going to start talking about those really soon. Definitely before the end of the year, that conversation is going to. I mean, everyone else time. is doing it. Why wouldn't they? So well, they've done it before. PlayStation. Yeah, so yeah they all, they've out. always done that. Yeah, they've like the new three DS and stuff like that. They they yeah. The Pro Pro was three years after right. it, and Xbox One X was just yeah. about three and a half years mm-hmm. after. Yeah. So this would be two years if you did 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you think that's fine? I mean, I, mean, I don't. See, I don't see it soon. I don't see a negative say. there because I think that will. The only negative is. That the first thing that comes up is I'm not buying that. <laughs> I don't need. I don't sure. need any kind of. There's no game I've played on Switch that I'm like. I just need a little more performance here. What? It's like Kidding no, me, dude. Breath of the Wild. Like crank it, baby. Bit, yeah, crank yeah, it. Yes. Crank it. Yeah, but at this point, am I really going to go back and play more? Breath I would go the hell back. Go so back, Jones. I'll go it's, back in a heartbeat. Once you go back, it won't let you go. Um, <laughs> Like, I could. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah they bundled this with you know just kind of a wink wink nudge nudge with Prime that they're like yeah oh sure oh dude, Prime. you yes. really want Prime to look the best it can I would do the pro thing for Prime Four I'm like okay but I do, but even then like I I'm sure it'll be fine on other systems like, yeah just I mean it's like yeah, I, I've never felt like I've been missing out on something where when they announce the Pro when they have Xbox One I don't have I don't have an Xbox One X I do have the Pro and so there are some Xbox One X situations like. Gah. <laughs> I should. I bet it would look real, real yeah. good. Yeah, especially if you have 4K. But with Switch, like I, just personally. But uh, I just like in what we were saying, lowering prices for a lot of the stuff on the store, uh, not bringing Netflix to it. Wait, you know, it just seems like a lot of things that they're still making a lot of money on, not releasing Mario Kart Nine and just mm-hmm. banking on eight to still sell like as well as it has. There's a lot of things we want out of Nintendo, but I would not be surprised if they do it their own way because it's working out really well for them right now. I just hope they don't. If they do it, they don't limit games to that only, like they did with Xenoblade. Okay. Yes. Like you need to be able to play every Switch yes. game. Still. And I think they might have learned that lesson. I hope I, so. I, I don't think they would do something know. that drastic. <laughs> I will say, I think 
within two especially because Sony and Xbox haven't. Yeah, within two years is nothing too, exclusive. Too fast. Mm. Oh, okay. I think you, the best you could hope for is a foreign factor redesign, like a yeah. Switch Lite. Oh, sure, yeah. which is not going to alter the performance aspects of the system. Maybe redesign dock or something, just something to clean it up a little bit. I just mm-hmm. don't know how much smaller you can get the Switch, but the dock could definitely use some like touching yeah. up and stuff like I, that. I see a lot of sentiment on social media for a smaller Switch. For a you know, they're like that would be great if it performed as well, but mm-hmm. it was like a little more, more, little more screen size. Smaller. Yeah, I mean, that could work know, too. Like re- something you could make, really put in your pocket. Just making it smaller, I think. Could like yeah, that, I, yeah, mm-hmm. an easier said than done. DS, DS Lite, yeah, yeah, then, yeah. But like yeah, good points there. But for an actual like iterative update with like that, I mean, it took like roughly three or four years for Nintendo 64 to do the expansion pack. Yeah, like that was required. Uh, DS. DSi was the first one that could run like very few specific games only on DSi. Mm-hmm. Came out years after yeah. the original DS, and then you had new 3DS, a new 3DS XL, which you know was backwards compatible with everything, but it ran things better. Xenoblade Chronicles yeah. on uh, 3DS, but that also came out way. I after, just, like, I think it's, it's just soon, more. It's more common now. I it's think. a new era. But Nintendo takes about three to four years at least before they try out anything like that. Yeah, they don't. Not it doesn't anymore. mean they have to continue doing that. I don't think they. They don't think they I sh- think have anything that shows them they need to do that. When there's going to be rumblings of the newer consoles coming, they they're going to do something. Yeah, but I don't think we're going to hear about. Honestly, I don't think we're hearing about those until sometime next year. Oh and yeah, I, I mean, think twenty. I think twenty twenty is the timetable to start hearing about this type of stuff. Like this new consoles actually coming. Yeah, and Nintendo trying to make a counter move. I could see. Honestly, if this if this rumor had any validity to it. The best way to Nintendo to get to their target sales goal is to do like a small price cut. That would work way better yeah, than trying to launch new hard right. like a new iterative hardware. They always want to make money on their sure. hardware, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they want to make a profit. I think a redesigned Switch Lite, you know, smaller Switch Compact mm-hmm. is probably what you'll get maybe next year at some point, maybe towards the end of next year. It's like, hey, we made our goal, but just barely. We are seeing a little bit of sign of slowdown, but like. We need to speed it up. Here we go. Here's a redesign, which sure. will probably buy them a year or two yeah. until, until they, they want to do, do the an next version. Yeah. Sure. You wait till 2020. You wait until the next PlayStation, the next they Xbox. See. I think it's a bad look or not necessarily that attractive to be like, no, no, don't buy a PS5, buy a Switch because this new version performs so well. Like mm-hmm. That doesn't add up for uh, me. I, I don't think that's something they can really like convince consumers of. But they're not going to launch. An, I don't think they're going to launch a brand new, like a Switch Two. If it's an iterative Switch, I think they can get that out as yeah. on the same time frame as a brand new PlayStation. A brand new. If, if they announce it, get out a little bit before. If you get it out ahead, when everyone's just crazy, I think they and can react a little faster. PS Five is so far off, and then Nintendo's like new Switch. I don't think they need like, to announce I'm hungry that new for that Switch right away, right though. I'm hungry for just a new device. I want. I got the money. I want to spend it on something, and I never got a Switch. Okay, now's the time. I think they just they wait till PS Five and Xbox One are formally announced, like they're a reveal. Events. Yes. Then Nintendo sees what they got. Like, all right, guess sure. what? You know what? We got the Switch yeah. One Point Four, whatever they call it. That's also coming out, yeah. and it's gonna be like one month before all of them or something. Because yeah, because they I, can do that. I, yeah, I think if a, a, <laughs> new, a, a new updated version, a Switch Pro, launches along the same time as Xbox Two and you know yeah, PS Five, uh, if they even launch within two or three months of each other, that's just you know. That is not going to work in Nintendo's favor. Nintendo's not going to be the one in that time period that we're all talking about. Right. You know. So yeah. Uh, yeah, as long as they're not Tricky. trying to make a brand new Switch, I, I, uh, I just think they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, we're like giving they, they have a smaller window of time that they can make things happen. I, I think I, that's correct. With they're just going to do an iterative update, but I, I, I think by 
by 20 sometime in 2010 we will start hearing concrete at least concrete rumors right. like r- legitimate sources are putting out hey we're hearing about a switch pro or something right. like that for, for sure i just this is why i like I your podcast damiana because if this was like a bossman hosted thing yeah. there'd be bets we would be we'd be yelling at each other you, you know he'd bet? really he'd really really try to divide us that's with what our takes on this yeah. but like whereas uh, we're, we're just really welcome to all options here. yeah like at this point you you both could be right you like and nintendo can do whatever the heck it wants Next year at E3, guess what? Coming next spring, right. spring 2020, we're announcing it at E3 2019, a new revised Switch, Switch Plus. that will have a new chip in it, will be more powerful. All future games will still run on the old Switch, but if you want that, like you want the power boost, you got to get on there. But like, sorry, not all future games. It might even be like, hey, yeah. certain games might only run on, they did that with 3DS, certain games might only run. run. They're the one, I think, that's been only one that's done it of Xbox and PlayStation. They've both... Sony and Microsoft, I believe, have mandated that their games got to run on yeah, both. I think so, but yes. Nintendo has been like, "Yo, Majora's Mask uh, on the three, 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 new three, or sorry, Xenoblade Chronicles that it's not running on your regular 3DS. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you you got to have that. The, they did with DSi with certain games that are DSi. Nintendo's not afraid to do that. Maybe that's what gets some of the like the most recent current gen ports to happen on switch before the new systems launch or whatever it's mm-hmm. like hey we will be getting kingdom hearts 3 you know it's a year later or something but you know still sell who knows oh come on just not, not even don't Ooh, they'll double dip for that don't one. bring so they'll double dip some zelda items in that dude some zelda items baby zelda and kingdom hearts get the master sword dude <laughs> Sora with the master blade yeah, yeah. <laughs> the master blade Oof. i mean yeah i mean we're just what like, it's all wild speculation yeah, yeah, the point is anything can happen anything with can this happen. but going on like the history and stuff i just think 2019 is a little too soon I think you're right. I think there'll be like a different version first, like smaller or something. Then they'll do the big boy plus pro yeah. version. Seems what they usually do. Yeah. But I mean, you you and Jones might be right. They might. It not is a different landscape wait. now. Yeah. yeah. They might Xbox not want to wait did the that S long. and the X around the same yeah. time. So. You're right. Oh, man. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They might see that like first strike is their best, you know, strategy sure. going forward with like if they're going to stay the switch route. So sure. I don't. Let me put one last thing. I don't yeah. think Nintendo's waiting to make this decision. I think Nintendo has way more information than they need to figure out what they want to oh, do yeah. with they're hardware for the next couple years. On it. Oh just, like, yeah, they just want, like they yeah. just need to know when to pull the trigger. Whatever for plans the right they timing. have, yeah. I think they're laid out. I think oh, it's in concrete at this point. I hope so. so. I definitely hope so. Let's move on to. <laughs> Our our final question, which is uh, coming to us from uh, Samuel. Hi, allies. This is right up both your alleys. Oh. With Simon and Richter Belmont joining Smash, I've noticed a renewed interest in Castlevania. Do you think this can be a start of a comeback for the series? If Smash generates enough hype, will it be enough to convince Konami to release a brand new Castlevania game? Or at least a collection on Switch. No podcast Love and over. respect, Samuel. I can't. I can't yes. Do this. No. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah baby. Go. I mean, they made Metal Gear survive, dude. Anything is possible. <laughs> they're still they're making that stupid phone game coming out. Like, there's some whatever interest there is in it. There's some. I think they gotta do it. They gotta do that collection, Damiani. Okay. So do you think a collection or a new game? I think both? a collection would be first, then a new game. Okay. Yeah. I think a collection makes a lot of sense. Too much. I think those have done, you know, just 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 jump on that that crash Spyro wave. You know, oh my just, god, uh, they're all selling really well. And um, I mean, you, if you talk about Spyro making a comeback, it's like Castlevania. Come on, you know, and it'd be like a good franchise. I could see them doing a history it of powerful sales. out of spite too, uh, to Ega. I gotta know your thoughts oh, on sure. this. Oh, I mean, we'll get to Ega in a second. 
uh, your thoughts on the collection. What would be in this collection? One, two, three, four. Yeah, Symphony of the Night. Rondo yeah. of Blood. I've played those games Symphony so many times. Yes. Just for me personally, I'm not saying it's going to be good sales, but just for me personally, for Brandon Jones, I've never played any of those DS crazy games. I played Circle of the Moon oh. a little bit. But if they just had those six, just like the maybe if it was like a separate collection, or if something, they could it was do just the dual screen, Circle right. of the Moon all the way to Harmony of Distance, which I think that's no, the only thing I'm concerned about. Yes, yeah, we're gonna get Oh, uh, Order DS of Ecclesia. But there were three on Advance and three on DS. Right, Order of Ecclesia is the last handheld. Handheld one. one. Okay, yeah. if you had With, those uh, six, Renoa, right? the GBA to DS era. Oh boy. Dude, you do multiple collections. I'd be, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the one I'd be really interested in. I'd buy them all. You do like, you I yeah, would probably you do like buy the, them all. The classic, <laughs> you do like the classic 2D part one, like the NES 2D classic. Yeah, there's only like three though. Or yeah, maybe the Nintendo classic, then the non Nintendo yep. 2D yeah. Castlevania classics, which have like, you know, Done. Rondo, Symphony of the Night, other stuff like that. Then you have the 3D collection. Don't need Dracula X. N- not, not the Mercury yeah, Steam stuff, but like the older 3D stuff. So, well, both the games oh. and the PS2 yeah, the PS2 games. And the PS2 game collection. <laughs> and then down. you have two handheld collections, I think. That's like four collections, yeah, dude. You can get all the handheld one class, six games. Maybe you put yeah, all you the handheld for okay. sure you know, come on. There you go. So, that would be four collections right there. Unless they put all the 2D in those. Smashing those this is the three ones together. would be like would not that, worth their own. I don't think they would do the PS2 ones or th- or no, 64 be, ones yeah. either. Oh please! I wish. 64. I don't think they would though. All right, so they just skip the 3D ones and it's like the old 2D collections and then the the more recent handheld. Because sales ones. wouldn't improve, you know. Right. The, 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 that would the, the lament Cass, uh, like uh, few Curse people, of Darkness collection well, would few sell. People would be pumped. Very bad. <laughs> I would be pumped, but yeah. I think few people would. Be. Castlevania 64 on Switch will be the best selling version of Castlevania 64. Probably it will. They, the game's done. Just put it on Switch. Yeah, I mean, support yeah. it. I'm out of this. Podcast, podcast, you're, you're out of this point. podcast. Uh, one thing I'll say: you talk, mentioned you get stuff. Uh, we do have Bloodstain still coming out, mm-hmm. uh, and it got recently pushed to 2019. Yeah, and Vita Vance, Vita version canceled. How is that game going to sell, Brad? I'm so curious. Well, I think it'll do. I well. hope. I hope. I think Curse of the Moon well. was great. Yeah, I think so. I'm actually I haven't checked on Curse sales, but uh, I think the sentiment around that was very positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see any well, negativity yeah. whatsoever kind of, about that. I was pleased with what I played. Toward it. Yeah. I just don't think because of that. I just don't think anytime soon you'll see a new Castlevania game. So I don't think they want to time it anywhere near Bloodstained because they don't want to go that head-to-head with Ego thing. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I don't no know. Matter. You saw <laughs> after Mighty Number no. 9, Crash and Burn, Capcom came back with 11. Oh, no, that no, that makes sense because it was reactive. I don't think they want to go immediately head-to-head. Like No, I mean, no they new, could go after. Yeah, if they see how Bloodstained's reception, if it's not the greatest reception, they might see that as like, oh, Dude. fans want... Castlevania they, back. They, they don't have to launch them at the same time, but what if we get that announcement like two days before Bloodstain comes out? Oh. <laughs> You're like, oh. I'd be like, yes. You know. Yes, I get both. I hate to be, I mean, it's great for you Castlevania show fans, it up but right before people time, get their hands on it. Uh, I mean, at that point, you've already, like, I think most people are already on board with Bloodstain. You either bought it or you yeah. pre-ordered yeah. it. And yeah. I don't think it have that big of an effect. Or you're a backer and you're mm-hmm. doing it anyway. And, but that now puts in the back of your mind, like, if this game's not good, I still got another Castlevania game announced. May have hope for that. Just, yeah. oh, that, that's rough. Um, what, do you, what would you even want to see in a new Castlevania game? First of all, 2D or 3D? 2D, baby. 2D, do it, Brad's do it, like do it. About this. Dude, think of all the gr- amazing 2D games we've got. You just I know. finished Guacamelee 2. I'm thinking yeah. about it, Jones. Damn There's it. A, like, that's si- the thing I'm thinking about with 3D, though, is because yeah, 3D. I think 2D would be a better place to start because it would find their footing easier. 3D is always a bigger risk for Castlevania, especially because it historically is not as uh, beloved, I would say. I think 2D is a smarter bet. 
But I want to see a proper 3D Castlevania game again, Jones. Of course. But I don't think Konami will Baby invest steps. enough. Baby steps. Uh, yeah. Dude, what if it was based on the Netflix show? What if it looked like that? That's Castlevania 3. What if it looked like... No, I know, but like that kind of style. Like, oh, if, like the anime I mean? style? I mean, they did that with a Dawn of Sorrow. Anime, I think, would be they did that with like really, the really Dawn cool. of Sorrow game, Portrait of course, Ruin. Yeah, just the, the evolution of that. Just really crazy hand-drawn animation or something that looks like yeah. that. Um, I would be way down. But yeah, give me castles. Give me do locked doors. Give me all that, you know items I gotta find I mean I to, want to me that's just that's the series at its best I'm, four is my favorite but symphony is yeah. just no question the best castle I want game. it to translate as closely as possible to um what's her name something Kojima her art that she's done she did like all like the symphony of the night designs when you see like their actual character art cool. like lament of innocence I want them to look as close to that as possible mm. but I think that's highly unlikely yeah just like one day yo above, just uh, give like the game give the game to Vanillaware just give it to them Vanillaware. they'll make it just uh -huh. give it to them yeah Okay. They can make awesome 2D games. I, I believe it. And they have great art. I just don't think Konami's going to do that. No. They won't. <laughs> I just, sorry. I just don't think. No! I'm going to believe, dude, oh, that it's going to happen, man. Castlevania's going to come back in a way we actually want. Not like your phone game that we're getting again or whatever. We're going to be I think you pumped. have to get Huber on board. I don't know if you have the magic within you to make it happen. I think you need some Huber. I can get Huber on board. Real easy. Real easy. Got that guy. Huber's already on board. Get Huber to start it. tweeting, and then, then maybe it'll Yeah, happen. let's go. Let's Woo. go. So we'll see. Maybe there'll be a Castlevania. Lots of hopes and dreams in this episode. Yeah, a lot of hopes and dreams. Good to be positive about future Castlevania. We'll see. Um, I want to wrap this up with a little bit of a, a, a final, final thought. Uh, we were talking about prices and stuff. Nintendo is charging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This goes to uh, something that happened recently, very recently. I think it was just yesterday. Uh, so Shigeru Miyamoto um, gave a presentation at something called a CDEC, uh, Computer Entertainment Developers Conference uh, in Japan. And uh, Bloomberg posted a nice article kind of summarizing the key points that uh, Miyamoto made during the presentation. Um, first big point he went to bat for was uh he went in hard defending nintendo's fixed price model for games even when it comes to mobile games um in his exact words were in Mimo's words i can't say that our fixed cost model has really been a success but we're going to continue pushing it forward until it becomes entrenched <laughs> that way everyone can develop games in a comfortable environment by focusing on bringing games to the widest range of people possible, we can continue boosting our mobile game business. And uh, he specifically addresses mobile here. And just for a quick summary, for if now everyone's caught up, uh, Super Mario Run was the one of their efforts, one of their early efforts, that was a fixed price. You got to buy it to unlock all of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it sold well, but it didn't really become a phenomenon um, like... Some Pokemon. of its other titles, I mean, yeah, Niantic, Pokemon Go, which now had a little bit of a hand, a very small hand in, not totally, but uh, like Fire Emblem Heroes, which was a free-to-play model with uh, in-game transactions. Same with Animal Crossing. And Animal Crossing as well, uh, Pocket Camp. Fire Emblem has generated more revenue. It's been the bigger success, the biggest success of all of them for them. Um, not better. I mean, it's not Nintendo's, but Pokemon Go has eclipsed all of them. And of also, course. Pokemon Go is back to like huge numbers again. Yeah. But uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, uh, they saw success with it. But as you pointed out, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp came next. Uh, it got a lot of criticism because they think they want to 
extreme other way on that game, where it focused too much on in-game transactions right. and trying to aggressively monetize the experience, and it came at the, the cost of Animal Crossing gameplay. People just weren't having fun with it. Yeah, I just think it, when you when you think about these three genres, yeah. when you think about you know platforming versus tactics versus whatever the heck Animal Crossing lifestyle, I guess, Animal Crossing is about getting stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, when they announced Animal Crossing on mobile, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Um, <laughs> That's why when Nook showed up in the trailer, it was like, yeah. hey, give me those tickets. Uh, like, Fire Emblem is much closer, uh, the mobile game, to other mobile games, right? It's the it's the prototype, like the, prototypical the gotcha, gotcha game. Thing. Yeah, so and it's it something has, people are much more used to, I would yeah, say. It sure. has the characters that you want. It has, like, the... The fantasy characters. Yeah. It's got like I wonder. I wonder what these the percentages of people that play Flat Fire Emblem that like don't really know anything about you know not, not a lot about Nintendo don't really own Nintendo consoles just love that style of mobile game and mm-hmm. just found it like oh this Fire Emblem uh, what a sure, cool new mobile game I'm sure there are people <laughs> don't know the fall legacy into that, don't know John. the characters I wouldn't be surprised yeah uh, I would definitely not be surprised but I think the reason Fire Emblem has been so successful because it does fall in line with sure. what has been a successful model for other mobile games mm-hmm. but it, this comment to me kind of sounds more that they've Mimo's giving these examples here and I think Nintendo's quality of games do the best yeah. when they can charge a fixed price and give you because I will say this for Nintendo for most of their games historically the trends are changing more recently but historically they held out longer than most everyone else and that when you paid 40 50 60 dollars for that game you were pretty dang sure that you got like everything they, they had planned for that game on that disc they were like one of the last to jump into like DLC heavily land. dlc and even now their dlc isn't the like the most intensive or and offensive stuff really um obviously we'll point to some examples that you know they're trending that way but at the same time like breath of the wild okay yeah they had the champions ballad dlc and the the other stuff trials but there's no way i felt screwed out of my like 60 dollars for breath sure. of the wild because that game was like yeah. when you jumped into that you knew you were getting like quality like i feel like nintendo's games just kind of like they they just command that respect because they've done it that way. Yeah. And I think once they shift too far, I think they've dabbled as far as they're going to go. I don't think they're going to compromise any further than what they've gone so far. They're not going to yeah. introduce loot boxes or any crap like that. They've just gone where they think they can make a few extra bucks here and there and so and like basically game as a service. They've gone as far as I think with their console and handled stuff as game as a service is they're going to go. Dude. Let's yeah. not forget about Amiibo, okay? The inner the interaction with that in Breath of the Wild, like the scummiest DLC you could possibly do is that cosmetic straight up. I mean, not all of it's cosmetic. Technically, some of it does affect uh, the the, the, the game. gameplay as well. But that 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 is probably the worst example. Um, I would say I would only say like you actually get a physical figurine, so you're actually yeah, getting like, that's something cool. with it. Yeah, you're getting a toy, but, so like you got something. Whereas like a loot box, something you might have got trash. Yeah, like, absolutely. You your money just would have gone yeah. down the window to like nothing. It like it's uh, yeah. I don't really feel good defending that, but I will also say that I, I think that's as fu- I don't see Nintendo going any further. This, in fact, they've kind of yeah, scaled back on Amiibo a they little have, bit. Yeah. They haven't. They've like reeled it back. Well, in. with mobile too, I I can't think of any other Nintendo franchises that fit standard established mobile tropes like Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing do. I can't imagine a, a Metroid with microtransactions or, or yeah. you know, like, or, or even like a Mario Kart mobile with microtransactions. You know, it's like, I, I think 
those games, I think it w- they they would be damaging the brand mm-hmm. if they set that up. I think just make it ten bucks, fifteen bucks, and then I'm in. Yeah, I will gladly keep playing like the prices I pay for Nintendo stuff as long as they keep making the games that they make and don't go ridiculous with the nickel and diming and stuff yeah. or be like, hey, this is the first part of like a four part expansion. Like, and we we already know what's going to happen before we release the game. It's like, wait, what? And why isn't a part of the game and stuff? Like, I will never question a Nintendo game being too short or shortchanged on content for them. Like, I have very little like examples to go on to 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 argue against that. Animal Crossing Amiibo. What about it? Terrible, terrible game. You don't even play. Oh, yeah, I wasn't interested in that game. Dude. So that's, oh, the uh, uh, that's more on YouTube. What's it called uh, Amiibo Festival or Circus, yeah. something or, like that. Or, terrible, terrible. I don't, was it even a real like Animal Crossing game? No, it wasn't. And it does, sucked. Yeah. I mean, I guess they keep doing that. If they keep repeating that. Well, they haven't done it since. Yeah, like that. And after Pocket Camp, if they keep yeah. trying to make Animal Crossing like that, and they're not learning the lesson, it's like, fine. You know what? You, yeah. You're not. You're not. Yeah, what, you're, what you're saying is not matching your actions. It's like got to right be now, a real day. We'll cross also, next. Miyamoto is not in control of everything Correct. here. So right. yeah, yeah. I do like, like the philosophy. Like, I do like this philosophy here. Like, it's talking about protecting the value of your brand and like if you if more companies stood up and just charged $60 and delivered a full game and stopped going for microtransactions and could make their money that way it would be best for everyone but I think the one short-sightedness of this is that not everyone could survive with this not everyone is Nintendo and has that brand recognition people have to find a way to penetrate the market and Mm. they have to use all these you know disruptive or alternate tactics to do that and it can't be a perfect world, I think. Right. The last part of his thing, real quick, is he talked about uh, streaming services, basically. And he made an analogy here. So, uh, according to Bloomberg article, Miyamoto then shifted his discussion over to uh, subscription streaming services and cited that what happened to the music industry uh, could happen to the game industry and that the music industry is still struggling to fully recover from MP3 file sharing of the 2000s and the rise of streaming music services uh, that you can listen to stuff for free, like on YouTube, and you didn't name other, any other services, but you can imagine yeah. all the other ones. Uh, he said subscription style services should play a bigger role in games, but said that the key is to develop a culture of paying for good software. His specific quote here, it's necessary for developers to learn to get along with subscription style services. When seeking a partner for this, it's important to find someone who understands the value of your software. Then customers will feel the value in your apps and software and develop a habit of paying money for them. Mm-hmm. So what a fascinating take from the yeah. interesting. Uh, again, like I don't really disagree with what he's saying here. Yeah. And it, and again, you, you've called me out on like, it's not like it's not as rose tinted as I remember. They they have strayed from this, but yeah. in its essence, I think of the big three, Nintendo has represented this core value sure. probably the most over like the history of their video game life and existence. And uh, it's something I hope they go fall back on more rather than trying to be. Yeah, that was my whole fear. I don't know if you felt that way when they announced their mobile initiative. I was like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. This is like. Well, this opens the door. I always come back to that Nintendo seal of quality, you know, and like Nintendo <laughs> does some weird stuff. And I think Nintendo's the type of company that has proven they can come back from almost anything. Like we can write them out and be like, they're they're losing this console generation. Then they come back even stronger, yeah. breaking records that have never been broken. So like you never want to count Nintendo out. But I think one of those things that potentially could damage them in the long run is when you lose that faith in 
that their primary games that they release are, are not going to be good. That like you never really yeah. know. Like like who knows if this? I never want to think that a Donkey Kong or or, or Zelda yeah, or Mario's oh yeah. is. It might not be what you want, but mm-hmm. you can clearly tell a giant you know, Skyward Sword might, might not be your favorite. But like a lot of people did put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that game, and it is you know a remarkable game compared to a lot of AAA you know action adventure games. And so like if we ever get into that, I think one of the most dangerous periods for Nintendo in this regard was. Uh, what what was the service that had just like tons of crappy games? So, like Bossman, like loved so to stream where we wear a ton like, of crappy games. But it, but thing Bossman's but here. <laughs> because you can attach the WiiWare name to it, because it's yeah. like, well, those were bad, but they were WiiWare. Right. You know, like once you start to lose that moniker and kind of like the lines blur between like what you can count on being a good experience and what you can't. You can hate Fire Emblem. You can hate Animal Crossing on mobile, but like they're they're good mobile games. So, like they're, they're as far as just being well produced, they're not buggy. They don't, you know, right. they don't put five bucks in and then it go lose it. You know, like it's, yeah. um, they, they are like more of t- kind of a top tier experience if you're used to what you can get on mobile. Um, I th- but again, I think when we start to lose that trust, that could damage them, uh, I don't know, permanently, but just uh, that could be a hard thing to shake. Very yeah. true. And the looking to the future for this, a lot of this was in the frame, the mind, frame of mind of uh, the mobile initiative. Uh, the two upcoming titles they still have for, for mobile that have been announced. So it's interesting to see how this will apply because they have uh, Mario Kart Tour, which is supposed to come out by March of next year. It's oh, like okay. the latest supposed to come out. Wow. And they've got something called, uh, sorry, uh, Dragalia Lost, oh, that's right. which is yeah, being yeah, yeah. co-developed by Cyber Agent Inc., which is, eh, they've got a reputation. They uh, make another, they make a mobile juggernaut called uh, Grand Blue Fantasy. Oh, okay. And, uh... This company is notorious for being very aggressive in monetizing their game. So you got one that's completely under Nintendo's control, Mario Kart Tour, which that's a game where I don't want to see that go heavily, like microtransaction. Yeah, I don't want to no. see like one time. Yeah. I better not be rolled like yeah, yeah, gotcha yeah. for the characters or no, parts. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Would, again, it would be a huge I would, mistake. I, if that game looks good enough, I'll pay a fixed fee for that. Mm-hmm. And, like we're done. I think Just let should, me buy yeah. that game. Whereas this Dragalia Lost thing sounds like it's a little bit out of their hands, like they're co-developing, but they're trusting because this is an industry leader in mobile. I just I think while people might like it, people are gonna point to that and be like, Woof. Mm-hmm. Wow. They, interesting to see how much like, Dragalia pops up in upcoming directs and Nintendo trailers and announcements, like how much they're gonna speak on behalf of this oh, game, yeah. or whether they're just like, Hey, we wanna make some money, so we're getting involved, giving them a platform. Oof. But uh yeah, I think Mario Kart Tour, if it looks good enough, is gonna like be their best game. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I hope so. I think yeah. it will. Um, it just can't be ten dollars. I think that's the thing they're still figuring out. Couldn't it be? Is the <laughs> price point? I think that's where they got the most wrong with Mario with Super Mario Run. Is protect your brand and be all about that, but you still gotta play within like the market rules, and the market's not gonna let you support a ten dollar mobile game. The it, they did their best with it. They did okay, but they want it to be like a bigger success. I think they gotta find a better price point for that. And uh, you know, make it work that way somehow. Sure. We'll see. That that's all I got. Cool, good stuff. Thank you, uh, thank you both for being on here. Thank you, Jess. sure. I hope uh, not. Let me rephrase that. Thank you all for submitting your questions for this episode. If you would like to submit your questions for a future episode of Friend Code for consideration, uh, look out for the post I make uh, the week of our recording. And uh, if you are $5 and up patron, you'll be able to submit questions and uh, related to the topics we're talking about. Uh, this week, as you saw, there wasn't too much big news. So sometimes we'll do an episode where it is 
all just questions from uh, our five dollar patrons. So thank you for making that work. And stoked to be here for us. one of those episodes. Great yeah, questions, everybody. They were good. Yeah, good it's always stuff. fun because it just brings up and one does make my life Castle a little bit Vania, easier. Animal Crossing, my heart. Woo! <laughs> and also, if you're uh, if you're that five dollar patron, you get uh, this uh, episode and other episodes of Friend Code uh, early uh, yeah. on uh, on Sundays. They go up and uh, thank you know. Without your support, this wouldn't be able to be possible. But again, thank you for all your great questions and submissions. Thank you both for being on here. Of course. And uh, next next episode, indie discussion. So get those indie questions ready, five dollar patrons. Like we're gonna have a big blowout episode. But until then, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Mm-hmm.